Welcome. Thank you for choosing to listen to another word-filled message by David Entry. Preaching is the means by which God manifests his word and nourishes our spirits. May the life of God enter into you and you as you listen to this message. Be blessed. You want to provoke divine encounters? You can trigger it. Don't wait for it to come to you. Activate it. Provoke it. Stir it up. Engage in certain practices that guarantee encounters. Number one, what did I say? Faith. When you have faith, God will not say no. When your faith is ready, God says, all right, that's it. Be it unto you. According to your faith. Mark 10, 52, and Matthew chapter 9, verse 9, 29, and Mark chapter 5, verse 34. Daughter, be of good cheer. Your faith has made you well. <laughs> Jesus said to the man, Matthew chapter 8, verse 13, Go your way. As you have believed. <laughs> That's a serious word. They said unto him, go your way. And as thou hast believed, so be done to thee. Yes, Lord. You see that? As you have believed. So your believing is what determines your take home testimony. As. As. So if you believe wild, your testimony will be wild. If you, if you, believe, if you believe mild, your testimony will be mild. Jesus said, as you have believed, go your way, as you have believed. Yeah. Be it done. So let's put it the other way around. Jesus said, be it done unto you, as you have believed. So your believing is the, the measuring uh, apparatus. Your believing. So if the believing is minimal, testimony is minimal. If the believing is medium, Testimony is medium. If the believing is mega, testimony is mega. As, as you have believed, so be it, don't you? So, what provokes encounters in God is faith, because the just shall live by faith. Faith. In fact, it says that righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. Wow. In between faith. So where your last faith stopped, that's where your last, that's why your testimony is previously. Your testimony is that time. Your testimony has become a relic. Like in the museum. Some of us are surrounded with pictures. All you have is pictures of the past. Some of you remove that picture of that guy from your phone. I know it was one of your best holidays. But listen. <laughs> Get rid of some of those pictures. The pictures that only remind you of the past. And instead of that picture, go and get a picture of something that looks like where you want to go and start looking. <laughs> All right, so faith. Someone say faith. faith. 
Secondly, if you want from God, this, if you want from God, you have to first expect from God. You can't want from God without expecting from God. He that comes to God must believe that he is. It's a necessary condition. If you want from God, you must expect. Expect God to move. Sometimes when you are going to bed, expect the Holy Ghost to give you an account. If, if you didn't get it, keep your expectation alive. Keep your expectation alive. Casting not away your confidence, which has great recompense or reward. Because you can cast it Hebrew chapter 10, 35 or 36. 35, yeah. You can easily cast it away after a few times and it's not work. It doesn't seem like it's showing. But you don't cast it away. Stay on God's word. It's, 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 it's a sure word. God's word is a sure word. The first lie in the Bible was about God's word. Uh, the, when Satan showed up in the Bible, the first time he showed up, he came to attack the word. The first statement of the devil in the Bible was to challenge the word. So that if he could get the word away from Eve. So when he showed up in Genesis chapter 3, he said, has God really said, ah. He said, the seven was and then did God really say, ah, his interest is the word. Did God really say you shouldn't do that? Then he said, God is lying. <laughs> yeah, he said, don't mind God. So, Satan always wants to challenge, <clears throat> excuse me, what is going to be the platform for your testimony. He has to target that. Else how can he stop your testimony? Because he says, so shall my word be. So if he can block the word from watering you, the word will not work. Hallelujah. So he wants to quench your expectation by what somebody said. But was, that's why we share testimonies in church. To keep people's expectation afloat. <laughs> to keep it up. So you see that, oh, did you hear people said, when I heard her testimony, I also believe. Yeah, the testimonies become platform for expectation. <laughs> testimonies are so important in keeping people's expectation high because God works with your expectations. Can you imagine when a man got an unprovoked encounter? His name is Zachariah in Luke chapter 1. He got an unprovoked encounter and God said, the angel said, your wife who is barren is about to get pregnant and have a child. And he said, no, this cannot be. He doubted it and he said, hey, I stand before God. Don't you know I'm Gabriel? I stand before God. You'll be dumb. You'll be mute. You won't be able to talk. Until the miracle happens. God had to silence him because the thing was not about him. 
because he can use his mouth to spoil the, way, the, the miracle in the wife's life. So God has to silence him. Words are powerful. His expectation was anti. Expectation will grant an encounter. Expectation will be the breeding grounds for manifestation. And then number three is prayer. People who pray tend to see the acts of God, the face of God, the hand of God. Prayer. 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 That's why when we come here, we pray. And sometimes our praying can be um, unplanned. So I'm teaching, we can start praying very soon. And when we say pray, make sure you are praying. Because if you don't pray, you won't see the hand of God and the acts of God. <clears throat> he said, if my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray. He said, then I will, I will hear from heaven and heal their land. Second Chronicles chapter 7 verse 14. He said, if my people who are called. Jesus was always praying. So the Bible says that in the days of his flesh, in Hebrews chapter 5 verse 7, in the days of his flesh, he offered out prayers with vehement or loud cry. Yeah! You think some animal is praying in the forest. That's why in Mark chapter 1 verse 35, a great while before day, he has to go to the arid places, go to, move away from where people are sleeping. Because the way Jesus used to pray, if it's our days, a lot of people have problems with it. When he's praying to God, the Bible says with loud cries. <laughs> he prayed with uh, supplication, with vehement cries. King James. With strong crying and tears. Hallelujah. Amen. Bible says that he was head in Hebrews chapter 7. Uh, five. He was hurt because of his reverent obedience. <laughs> A year of sweet obedience. Hebrews 5, 7. He was hurt. Who in the days of his flesh, when he has offered up prayers, with strong cry and tears. Vehement, like Nick King James said, vehement cry. To him was able uh, um, he was hurt because of his godly fear. I think in, um, NIV says is, and what does the NIV say? Because of his reverent submission. And King James says because of his obedience. Uh, okay, because he feared. He has said because he feared. So Jesus used to pray. Now, that's why when he was baptizing, he was being baptized, he was praying. Every time he was praying. He prayed before he taught. He prayed before he appointed his disciple. He prayed on the cross. When he went to heaven, he said, when I go, I'll be praying. Yeah, in, <laughs> can you imagine? <laughs> uh, where is that scripture? In John chapter 14, um, uh, I think verse 15 somewhere, he said, or John chapter, one of them, John chapter 14, verse 16, yeah. He said, I'll pray the Father. And he, was, when he said, when I go, I'll pray the Father. He went to heaven, he was praying. 
When he was on earth, he was praying. He prayed to heal the sick. He prayed before he appointed disciples. He prayed before he blessed people. He prayed when he got to the tomb of Lazarus. He prayed when he was on the, in the storm. He prayed when, just before he was about to go to the cross. He prayed. When he was set on the cross, he was praying. And then when he went to heaven, he hasn't stopped praying. And you have stopped praying. <laughs> so as soon as he left in, Mark, in Acts chapter 1 verse 14, they all returned to the upper room and they continued with prayer. That's that. When he left, what they knew, in fact, in Luke chapter 11 verse 1, Bible says that one day he was praying, when he finished praying, the disciples came to him. He said, Master, can you teach us how to pray? Ask your disciples. They didn't say, can you pray for us? He said, can you teach us how to pray? And he came to us as, as he was praying in a certain place. When he has ceased, he was always praying. When he has ceased, one of his disciples came unto him and said, Lord, teach us to pray. As John taught his teacher. They saw that this guy was always praying. And they walked with him and they saw the impact of the prayer. They said, we want this. Jesus told them in, John, in Matthew chapter 17, 21 that nevertheless, this kind does not go except by prayer and fasting. There are certain things that won't shift if you don't pray. They won't shift position until you pray, until somebody's praying. This kind does not go except by prayer and fasting. And the early church, they were always praying. Peter was caught and put in prison. They were praying. The other time when I was teaching on prayer, in the book of Acts, everywhere is littered with prayer. Acts chapter 1, prayer is represented. Let me try if I can remember the scriptures. Acts chapter 1 verse 14, prayer is represented. Acts chapter 1 verse 21, 22, they prayed and they chose the replacement for the cast lot and chose the replacement. Acts, and in, in Acts chapter 2, they continued the apostles' prayer, verse 42. In Acts chapter 3, time of prayer, verse 1. In Acts chapter, in, in Acts chapter, uh, chapter, chapter 4, when they had prayed, the place where they stood shook, the 31. In Acts chapter 5, 39, that one it talks about when they were released from prison, they were actually celebrating God for being, they praised God, so it's a form of prayer we can take. It. In Acts chapter 5, no prayer was represented, and Ananias and Sapphira lied and died. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In Acts chapter 6, they, had, they prayed and appointed, he said, we will converse 3 and verse 4, we will continually give ourselves to prayer and the ministry of the word, and to the ministry of the word, and prayer. So in Acts chapter 6, you see, prayer was represented everywhere. In Acts chapter 7, Stephen, just before he, he died, he prayed, verse 46, 57, he prayed, he said, into your hands, Lord, uh, forgive them for they don't know. In Acts chapter that's 7, in, in Acts chapter 8, the Bible talks about how um, when they heard that the people have received, they've been born again, they sent Peter and John, who when they came, they prayed that they might receive, verse 15, they prayed that they might receive the Holy Spirit, 16, and then when they are 17, say, when they are laid their hands on them, the Holy Spirit came, 18 said, when someone is saw that the Holy Spirit is given by the laying of hands, he offered money, Peter said, money perish with you, your heart is not right, and, and all that, and in Acts chapter 9, Bible talks about Paul was praying in verse 13, and Aeneas go for his praying, Paul is praying, and when he went, he laid his hands on him, in form of prayer, he said, the Lord who appeared to you on your way to Damascus asked me to come, that you might, verse 16 and 17, or rather, you might receive the Holy Spirit, and in Acts chapter, that's 9, and in Acts chapter 10, Cornelius, he was praying, Cornelius, he was praying, 
Cornelius was praying in Acts chapter 10, verse 1, 2, 3. And in Acts chapter 10, verse 29, 20, 30, he said that at the time of prayer, at the hour of prayer. So prayer was, made, was represented everywhere. And the Bible says that whilst Peter was speaking in verse 54, the Holy Spirit just fell upon all those who were listening. I actually left in Acts chapter 9, verse 40, how Peter prayed for this man who was uh, sick and was dying and then raised verse 40 and raised him back. To, to life. In Acts chapter 11, Peter was repeating what has happened in Cornelius' house. He said, when I, I prayed, verse 5 or so, he said, and I, when he, the guy was praying and the Holy Ghost uh, angel appeared to you in Acts chapter 12, verse 5, says that Peter was put in prison, but prayer, I like that one. Prayer was manufactured for him. In Acts chapter 13, there is a church, at the church that was in Antioch, from verse 1, there were some prophets appointed, and as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, separate unto me Barnabas and Saul. For the way. And when they had prayed and laid their hands on them, Kabadabasha, they sent them off. I feel like preaching somebody. And in Acts chapter, chapter, chapter 14, Peter was, uh, Paul was preaching, and he saw that this man at Lystra, he had, he had the faith. <laughs> he had the faith. So he healed him. But afterwards, in the verse 20, 21, 22, 23, the Bible said he confirmed them. He told them, he prayed for them and told them through perseverance they to enter the kingdom of God. So prayer and fasting, through prayer and fasting and perseverance, some, somewhere there, 21 or so. In Acts chapter 15, that one too, they didn't talk much about prayer. And Paul and Barnabas, they separated. <laughs> At the end of the chapter 38, <laughs> they, they just separated. Hallelujah. And so continuing in Acts chapter 16, the same thing. Acts chapter 16. Bible says that they went to where prayer was customarily made. In verse 12, 13, uh, yeah. they went to where prayer was customarily made. And one day on their way to prayer, this demon possessed get verse 16. Said, these are the men, and they said, Well, come out of here in the name of Jesus Christ. <laughs> Hallelujah. And so they they prayed in, in, in Acts chapter 17. The, so, so, oh, Acts 16, 25. Oh, yeah, yeah, they were in prison. Uh, Paul and Silas were in prison, but at, at, at midnight they prayed. <laughs> that's, that's a good one. You know, so prayer. Actually, I want to go to the encounter with the man of God. So let me leave the prayer. Actually, that's the as best I can remember for now. Let's <laughs> Hallelujah! And, and so prayer is necessary aspect of your encounters in God. Necessary aspect. If you don't pray, you want you you can't experience God the way you should. You gotta pray. Pastor, I don't know how to pray. You better find out how to pray. You have, to, you have to invest time to, how do I, do I pray? They came to Jesus, teach us, teach us to pray. He taught them a whole parable to teach them how men always ought to, Luke chapter 18 verse 1, how men always ought to pray and not to faint. And then the next point is encounter with the servant of God. In Isaiah chapter um, 44 verse 26, it says that the Lord who uh, that confirms the word. He said, I want to bless somebody. I need to send a servant. Can I, I, can I, can I quote a scripture that blessed me when I was preparing and contemplating even? That scripture blessed me so much about the role of a prophet, about the role of a man with the grace on 
Bible says in John chapter 1, verse 17, that the law was given by Moses. Wow. But grace and truth came. But it's whether it's law or grace, it took a human being to bring it. It took a human being. A human being. The word became flesh and dwelt among men. But before then, it says that, and the light shines in darkness, and darkness, verse 5, First John chapter 1, and darkness comprehended it not. Oh, I know you all like the verse 6. There was a man. There was a man. There was a man. Jesus could not start his ministry until he met that man. Can you imagine? A whole God. God came from heaven to come and do ministry. You have come to London to do ministry. <laughs> God came from heaven to come and do ministry. Came, landed like this. But he didn't land as a man. Adam was made a grown man. But the second Adam came a baby. And he grew through the process. You remember, Papa, Agbishop taught the process. He grew up through the process. And now when he was full grown, according to the law of Moses, a man can start, you can't be a priest until you are 30. But you can, you, you can be a soldier after 20. So ready at 20. And we are soldiers of Christ. So, so, Jesus, when he was 30, he was now about to start his ministry. He needed a man. He needed a man. The man was already doing ministry. All, according to Mark chapter 1, I think verse 4 or so, all Jerusalem or the city went to him in the wilderness. He was in the wilderness. They were traveling, going. Listen, if you travel from far to come to church, you are not the first one to do this. People were doing it in the Bible long time. <laughs> Hallelujah. So, you need a prophet. Jesus Christ, John the Baptist comes. He starts, Jesus, before Jesus starts his ministry, John the Baptist said, there is somebody coming after me. There is somebody coming after me. When Jesus shows up, John the Baptist knew that, no, there is something unusual about you. In Matthew chapter 3, John the Baptist said, ah, I should be baptized by you. And you come to me to be baptized, uh, to baptize you? You see where humility plays a role? John chapter 3 from verse 13, somewhere there. He said, ah, I know what they're baptized. He, no, no, I said from verse 13. Go to verse 13, please. Then come and Jesus to John the Baptist. And then verse 14. But John forbade him, saying, I have need. He said, that means John the Baptist was not being baptized. That's another story altogether. <laughs> he was the only Baptist who was not baptized. <laughs> he said, I have need to be baptized by thee. <laughs> He said, I have need to be baptized by you. And thou cometh to me? No, no. Look at the next. It, John said, no. But, but John forbade. He said, no. But look at the next verse. John forbade. And Jesus answering, so far it's for, for it, it becomes, uh, uh, for that it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. Jesus said, you have to do it. God came from heaven on earth. And he said, there is a man symptom, God is in town. If, he, if I don't go to him, I can't start my work. Some people say, oh, I don't need a man. Don't. You are lying. You don't know God. He said, 
For the, not, the scriptures did not come to us of old by the whims of men, but it said, holy men of God. Second Peter chapter 1 from verse 20. Holy men of God, verse 21. Holy men of God. John the Baptist had to come as a prophet so that Jesus will humble himself and come. Jesus didn't have a problem. He said, I'm God, but I still need a man. I need a man. The beautiful thing about Jesus' life in the area of submission and Acts, sorry, in Luke chapter 2, verse 48, 49, and 50. He went home with them and submitted himself. He told them, I have to be about my father's business. He knew God had sent him. But at the age of 12, he knew he had to do the work of God. But for the next 18 years, he submitted himself unto human leadership. Yeah, ask me, God has called me. Don't know. There's anointing of prophets. Who have you served? Who have you served under? Whom have you been subject to? Yeah, I've, been having, I've been having vision. God speaks to me in dreams. And, and so what? And so what? And so what? Look for a John the Baptist because there will always be a man sent from. Well, in, in 1 Samuel chapter, this is a nice one. 1 Samuel chapter 9 verse 15, 16. Oh, maybe we can go from verse 14. All right, let's go to 15. 15, yeah. Let's all read it out loud from the screen. Let's go. Ha. Saul was looking for solution to find his father's donkey. Father's missing donkeys. He wanted solution. They searched everywhere. They've gone to every place. They can't find the donkeys. So then they said, Saul told the servant, you know, we have to go home because my father might now start getting concerned about me because for three days I've not been home. I think we should go home. The guy said, no, we can't go home. We are not far from a man of God here. Why there's a seer. Those times they used to call them seers. There's a seer not far from here. Let's go to him. He can help us to find what, what we are looking for. He said, really? And then he says that, you see, Saul, there's a reason why he was a king and that servant remained a servant. Even though he knew the location of the man of God. Saul said, but we don't have anything. How can we go to the man of God without, with empty hands? Inside, he knew how to, how to use the principle of honor. He said, how can we go to a man of God? We don't have anything. The servant said, no, I have some small bread and something left. We have to go with something in our hands. I tell you, oh, this is all about the man of God. It's about the church. It's about the money. It's not the lie of the devil. There's a way you treat a prophet. One of the things that I might say, if God gives the, the releases, there are encounters, you have to do something to provoke an encounter. Now, so I'm a man with encounters. I've met God and have encounters with God at different levels. And so I'm operating most of the time from my encounters. But you can get the encounter I operate in without going through what I went through. By honor, by virtue of honor, you, seek, you, you connect. No, no. I don't have to fast like Bishop, Archbishop fasted to get where we go. I just have to go to him and honor him. And then what he is carrying, the covenant position he has, because if you give a cup of water to a prophet, you get what? A prophet's reward. So these things are important. So um, God comes to Samuel 
And he says that I'm bringing somebody. Ah, watch this. The soul said, we can't go without anything. The servants have found something. While they were going, then God told him the day, God had told the prophet the day before, that tomorrow I'm bringing a young man to you. Hey, he says that, and he said, tomorrow about this time, I will send thee a man out of the land of Benjamin, and thou shalt anoint him to be captain over my people Israel, that he may save my people out of the hands of the Philistines. For I have looked upon my people because their cry is come to me. Because my people are crying, I want to do something about them. I came to a man called prophet and then I told him, I'm bringing a man to you. God, the man, I'm going to use him to help my people. God worked through men. So he said, well, but this man can't get into action until he comes into contact with you. When he comes into contact with you, I want you to anoint him. Look at him. 10 verse 1. Look at chapter 10 verse 1. Chapter 10 verse 1 says that then Samuel took the veil of oil and poured it on the head and, and he said kiss and said, is it not because the Lord has anointed the captain? There is something in English law or uh, United Kingdom, our law. You can never be a king without being anointed. The queen was anointed. They practically have to anoint you into an office. Yeah, that's a very interesting thing. They have to anoint you. It's not voting. If you want men to vote, you let him vote you and you can be American president. But if you want to come where vote, people's vote doesn't matter, then anointing is what must work. Anointing. Anointing doesn't need people's opinion. He said, anoint him again. Now, watch this. That means you cannot be in position when it comes to that position God is talking about without encountering someone who will anoint you. Somebody must have the divine installations to anoint you to start. It's an encounter with a man. Then Saul, he went home different. Now people were saying, verse 10, chapter 10, verse 10. Chapter 10, verse 10, he says that, and when they came thither and thither, behold, the company of prophets met him, and the spirit of the Lord came upon him, and he prophesied amongst them. What does verse 11 say? And then uh, it came to pass, when all these uh, prophets, people said to one another, what is it that has come upon the son of Kish? He saw also among the prophets. What is some, he just met one man. He went out to go and do his father's job, and he came into contact with one man. He came to be in contact with one man. That man carried God. That man carried an anointing. That man carried what to change your destiny. Now everybody begin to identify that Saul has also become something. They say, what is this that has come upon Saul? What is this that has happened to Saul? What is this? Has he also become among the prophets? Yes, because he met a man. Shout hallelujah. I have to, I have to end. Don't, don't join people who, who trivialize the place of man God uses. No, 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 no. You'll be making a big mistake. Well, who does it think he is? You, if you know one has asked you who you think you are. Sometimes jealousy and arrogance and pride makes people not Jesus was the one who shouldn't have allowed John the Baptist one John the Baptist was not baptized <laughs> and two he was bigger than him why would Jesus allow 
an unbaptized junior in grace to baptize him. Why? Because at that time he was the one in ministry. An encounter with a man. And the man poured oil on sword. Poured oil. That same man. God told him, go to Jesse's house. I've appointed a king amongst his sons. But listen, they, can, can, I think we are very intelligent people. So let's be a bit logical here. If God wants to use you, why doesn't he go ahead? He's everywhere. He's everywhere. He can be on anybody. God, just go ahead. You want to uh, make David king? Just go ahead. Then one day he wakes up, he feels like, well, I can kill Goliath. I can kill Lion. He said, give me this. I mean, let, let things just... Why do you need uh, someone who is sitting in his house managing his business, prophet, to go and go and anoint him before David can begin to operate in there? And as soon as I anoint, they did anoint him that now you are on the throne. They anointed him because God has appointed him. And he carried on. But the anointing came on him. Bible says in 1 Samuel chapter 16 verse 13. And the spirit of the Lord came upon him from that day forward. And Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brethren. And the spirit of... The, logically, why do I need one person before the spirit will come? Holy Spirit, you can show up anywhere. You don't need human permission. Just go ahead. Go on him. Go on him, spirit. We do not have to. What, what, what? But you have to wait for me. I have to go there. I have to go there and lay my hands on him. Then you come on him. Then you come on him. So when Simon the sorcerer, he saw that the Holy Ghost was given by the laying on of the hands of the apostles. Acts chapter 8 verse 18. He realized that there is something about a, a, an apostolic authority. There is something about people who carry God. When you meet someone who carry God, you have an encounter with God. When you meet someone who is carrying God, God will visit you. When you meet someone who is carrying God, you will see God. Shout yes! I want God. I want God. Where is God? Look for a man. Look, the anointing is not in heaven. It's already resident in somebody. Look for a man. And don't let anyone talk you out of it. It's always just a man, just a man, just a man, just a man. Especially with our Western mindset. Many other nations and societies value certain personalities. The West have moved away so much that it has actually invaded the church more than the world. In some of those, in some of the churches, a, a preacher can be preaching or a vicar or whatever and someone can get an conversation. I don't like what you are preaching. You have to shut up. Yeah. And it, it's it's his right. It's his right. In the church, it's his right. It's my freedom of expression. Try it. We will suck you from this place. And, and even if you don't do it physically, 
spiritually as you do it something is coming after you you see now now they are resorting to threats no no it's warning it's warning when you see acid bottle and they say acid watch out is he a threat is he a threat you call that a threat go on and drink (laughs) it's just health and safety it's it's responsibility (laughs) we are just warning you high voltage tension is here don't go there and you say you are threatening me (laughs) people's definition is so skewed up there is a man sent from God and listen God has not changed his mind he hasn't changed his process he hasn't changed his style thank you Hebrews chapter 13 verse 8 Jesus Christ the same yesterday today he hasn't changed he hasn't changed encounters encounters you haven't seen God because you haven't encountered a man full of God if you encounter a man filled with God if you want God look for a man filled with God and definitely he must be holy because sometimes people can do all kinds of things and miracles and so how do you know it's from the Holy Spirit because God has not got bad breath when God blows on you it's clean you understand what I said? When God blows on you, it's clean. It's clean breath. Your character is clean. Drudgy character, lying, stealing, fornicating, all kinds of things. People who come around you, they know that you have a questionable character. And yet you say, I'm a man of God. God has not got bad breath, please. If he breathes on you, it's clean breath. It's sweet breath. It's sweet. Is there something sweet about you? Against such, there is no law. <laughs> you need to encounter a man. And excuse people who tell you that this thing is all about man. It's just because of, it's just, you know, all this human worship thing, human worship thing, it's, it's enough. Uh, it's just me. I'm not looking for God. And it's between me and God. Thank you for listening to this message by David Entry. To hear more from David Entry, follow him on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. You can also subscribe to Caris Church on YouTube. Don't forget to share and subscribe to our podcast so you're always up to date. Be blessed.